You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, where we invite an expert each week to hear about their incredible journey and career paths. On today's show, we have Tina Harlembopoulos. Tina is an educator who empowers her students to be in the driver's seat of their education and become the change they want to see in the world. This week's sponsor is Maxwell Medical. I'm Fatima Al-Sayed, your You Mentor Talk Show host. Make sure to tune into the talk show every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And make sure to ask us questions so we can answer answer them throughout the show. Tina, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. It's lovely having you on the show today. I'm very excited to be here. So, um, so as a fourth grade teacher, what inspired you to get into teaching? Did you wake up one day and be like, I want to be a fourth grade teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't say fourth grade teacher. Um, I actually really love working with older kids, like um, mm-hmm. middle school age kids. Yeah. Um, but I've been a I feel like a teacher my whole life. Um, so my sisters are actually six and 12 years younger than me. Um, so I've always had little kids around. And when my mom used to um, nanny, I used to teach the kids. And I would ask my teacher, like my second or third grade teacher, for like extra work sheets so I can come home and teach the kids at home um, whatever I was learning about in school that day. And then um, as I got older, one of my first jobs was a swimming instructor. And so I taught swimming lessons for um, a number of years. And so I've always kind of been in in the job of teaching, Um, but I didn't actually choose my career path until I was about 25 years old. So I went back to school at 25 um, because I just felt that um, I wanted to to do more. And I had an eighth grade teacher that was just um, phenomenal in, Mm. you know, my memories of, of teaching. And, you know, you always think about, to like your favorite teachers and how inspirational yeah. they are. I just wanted to have a career that I was passionate about. How did that teacher inspire your passion? She really, um, you know, when I say like, I want to inspire kids to be the change, like she really went above and beyond to take us outside of the classroom. So um, it was um, a writing project that we did and we were trying to determine what career paths we wanted. And so she took every child that was, or every student that was in my class. And I fortunately had a very small class of eight students, mm-hmm. but she helped us like dive into whatever our career paths were. And so by taking education outside of the classroom and showing us that there's more to a teacher than, you know, just teaching within the four walls of the school really showed me that like, you know, that made a lasting impression on me, you know, mm-hmm. even, you know, 30 years later, you know, it wasn't 30 years, 25 years later, mm-hmm. um, I still remember vividly, like, the projects that we worked on and the passion that she had for teaching. So. Was there a specific moment or somewhere she took you that really made it clear for you what you wanted to do? Well, interestingly enough, um, it wasn't the, um, when I, when we did that project on what our career choice would be, it was definitely not teaching. I wanted to be a marine biologist and be a dolphin Mm. trainer. Um, (laughs) So um, I wanted to work with dolphins and she set up like interviews with dolphin trainers at the zoos in the area. And she brought me to like the college library where I did additional research on dolphins and orcas. And that is so, um, that is like, that's amazing. It was, it was so fun. Like I went backstage yeah. and um, into the you know aquarium area, and I got to see like what a dolphin trainer's life looks like from day to day. And I just 
thought that was the coolest thing in the world that she went mm. just above and beyond and we went on a Saturday. So it wasn't even like during the school day. Wow. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it was just super cool um, that she, she did that for us. And so um, it's always like a really fun memory that I have. And instead of inspiring you to be what you initially wanted to be, she inspired you to fill, try to fill her shoes. Yeah. Exactly. So amazing. Yeah. Um, so what did you do in that time? between finishing high school and reaching the age of you said 26 to, yeah. and deciding to go into teaching what was that gap like yeah um it's interesting because you know you always think that you know the career path like what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to finish high school and go to a four-year school and pick mm -hmm. your career and just and go on with life and so um you know after high school i went to the junior college in the area and i got my associate's degree in science mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, like, well, you know, I love teaching, um, but maybe I want to try something else. Mm -hmm. And it, I thought it was a good opportunity for me to try the business world. And so I took a job as, um, as a receptionist, and I worked my way up into assistant roles and executive assistant. And I worked in the business world, you know, from the time I was 20 um, till the time I was 25. And I, I loved what I did, and I loved the people that I worked with, but I just there was something always missing. And so that's when I decided that like maybe this career choice wasn't for me and I wanted something that was more of a passion mm -hmm. and less of a job. So I decided to uh, look into other options. Did you enjoy doing that job though? I did. I loved it. Um, mm -hmm. I, and I was very good at my job and um, it, it wasn't that, you know, I disliked my job at all. Um, it was on the contrary. I loved my job. I just felt like it wasn't fulfilling. And, and I, and, you know, if at 25 years old, I was feeling like, you know, this is a good job, but it's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, it's never too late to, to change your, your path. But making that decision of leaving a stable job, correct? And yeah. going back to school, that's a huge commitment. It's not even a commitment. It's so scary. It was so yeah. scary um, to do that. Um, but, you know, I, I had support from my family and my mm -hmm. parents. Um, and so that was very instrumental in, in making that change. Were you iffy about it at the beginning? Yes. Yes. I, um, because I had to quit my job. I had to mm -hmm. move back to my parents' house at home. And then I had to move to college at you know 26 years old and it was like my, my first day of class and I was sitting in the classroom with like 18 and 19 year olds and you know I'm 25 almost 26 years old mm -hmm. and um, I thought to myself like what am I doing here um, you know so there were doubts along the way but you know I I had faith that I made the right choice and I had the support of my family and so I just kind of pushed forward and um you know, I, and I know I made the right choice, but, you know, in those moments, it was just so scary to, mm -hmm. you know, go to my boss, who I've had a very good, you know, rapport with and say like, hey, I'm quitting my job here and going to college. And, um, <laughs> you know, he looked at me like, are you sure this is what you want to do? And I was like, yeah, I just, I are just you having a midlife crisis. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I young to have a midlife crisis. And I was like, no, 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 really, I just, I want to teach and, and I just can't. I can't see myself doing anything else the rest of my life is than to like work and inspire kids. Yeah. 
I mean, it's never too old for you to go back to school. In my classes, I had um, a man who was 60 years old. A whole life of careers, and he changed it at the last moment. Yep, yeah. Um, and, and I think kids need to know that, too, that, you know, you don't, if you choose something and you find yourself one day wanting to go back to school, that, like, it's never mm-hmm. too late to, like, to, to get more education and to change, you know, change your path and change your stars. So when you went back to school, um, what was the process like becoming a teacher? Um, so because I had gotten my associate's degree, the mm-hmm. process was a little bit easier for me and um, much shorter. Um, so, you know, going through like the natural process of, of selecting a college and um, applying to that college. And I thankfully um, was very fortunate. Many colleges right within an hour radius of my home, my parents' home. So it wasn't um, that I had to go very far away, but I was able to choose a college and apply and go through my application process. Um, and because I, I did have my two-year degree, I was able to enroll directly into the teaching program. Um, okay. So um, oh. for a, a bachelor's program, a teaching program, um, mm-hmm. the first two years is like your undergrad and your gen, gen ed classes, and the last two years is your actual program. Okay. Um, and then after you graduate, you're certified. Yes. Okay. Um, tell us about your first teaching job. Uh, my first teaching job was at a private um, school, mm-hmm. um, a private Islamic school um, near my home. And um, I was very nervous because um, I hadn't taught before and it was already the start of the school year. And mm-hmm. I've had this interview at um, a school that I didn't really know much about and it wasn't a public school and it was completely um, a different environment. And so why did you choose an Islamic school private? one? I, yeah, um, actually um, I feel like it chose me um, because I had um, no other job offers at the time. And it just so happened to like pop up on, you know, I think, um, like a website I was looking at and I just saw, you know, a third grade teacher position open mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, why not? You know, yeah. I'll just, I'll just try it, try to apply and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I got the interview right away and, and I met with the principal and we had like a really awesome interview and really hit it off. And, um, it just, it all just kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher that was there was, moving to another state and so they needed somebody to fill the position after the school year started um, because I had literally lost hope like that whole summer I was applying to jobs and I wasn't getting any um, I was getting interviews but I wasn't getting jobs and it's a very hard market here in Chicago mm-hmm. um, so it was after the school year and, and started and I thought that okay well I'm just going to be working at Verizon I think for the next school year so and then we'll, I'll try again for a job but you know it just so happened that this job popped up and, and I accepted the position and mm-hmm. the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so after um, doing that job, were mm-hmm. there any like values or things that you learned on that job that you brought to your next job at a public school? Um, everything. I think that um, especially about the religion and um, I learned so much about 
about Islam, like working at a private Islamic school. And so it has enriched my life so much um, and it's been, you know, really inspirational um, to myself, to my personal life, but, Mm -hmm. and my professional life. And I think the thing that I get to do the most is I get to teach others about Islam and I get to teach my colleagues about, you know, even, you know, if we have a snack at school, like how to bring a snack that, you know, everybody can, can eat, you know, that, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure that it's halal. And, um, and so, and just give them understanding, you know, Ramadan's coming up and it's in the school year this year. So I'm able Mm -hmm. to, kind of give um, a little discussion about, you know, what's coming up and, you know, kind of what to expect from the students and, mm-hmm. you know, why they do it. And so I just, I feel like it's been so instrumental because I have a large Islamic population at um, my charter school in the city. And um, it's just, they didn't really have a lot of exposure to, you know, Islam, you know, from an adult perspective. So mm-hmm. I'm able to bring that in. And so it's been really awesome that um that I've been able to do that and they've been super appreciative and I think that the students feel more cared about and more thought of when you know they ask oh are you know is this halal and we're able to say yes Mm -hmm. versus like no sorry the snack isn't and you know Mm -hmm. I think that you know it makes them just feel more cared about when when you're more educated and that's amazing um whether you're Muslim or not that should be at all schools because I remember I was a kid feeling like, okay, I have to explain everything to the teachers and they don't really understand it. Or during Ramadan sitting in the, in the cafeteria, not eating and everyone else is eating. So it's something that really does make you feel at home. You gave me goosebumps talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so amazing. Um, what inspires you as a teacher to go to work every day? Just one, one thing is the kids. Um, really... Mm-hmm um they inspire me to like get out of bed every day and be excited about teaching and you know what we're going to do for the day and um I feel like you know having a connection with your students is so important because mm-hmm. you know on days that you feel sick or you kind of you know wake up and you're a little groggy or you didn't really sleep very well the night before if you have a good relationship with your kids you're going to school for them um you know because they're going to wonder where you're at and they're going mm-hmm. to you know, want you there. And um, that's really a gift, I would say, um, is, you know, being able to go to work every day with a career that I absolutely adore. And with, you know, my kids, I call them my kids. When they're in my classroom, they're my babies. And um, if my babies are at school that day, I am, you know, at school that day. So Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Um, Do you uh, find any challenges on the job? I mean, you love it so much. I do love it so much. Um, there are challenges in teaching, you know, um, it does not come without its mm-hmm. uh, list of challenges. But um, I always say that the kids I absolutely love dealing with and the parents are always the most challenging to deal with. Mm. And, um, I mean, and, you know, it's my parents, I have a great bond with them and a great relationship. But you know, I always try to explain to them, I'm like, you know, if your kid's having a rough year or, like, having some bad grades, like, mm-hmm. take a step back, take a breath, like, they're a kid, and, you know, how can we help them, you know, get to where they need to be, to get them that, you know, that aha moment, you know, where mm-hmm. they're confident, and they know what's going on, like, you know, so I always, like, my biggest challenge is always trying to get the parents to take a step back mm-hmm. and look at the whole picture and be like, okay, like, how can we help our kid right here? 
And um, that's always like my biggest struggle is that when parents are so like passionate about like what's going on and they're so concerned that we're kind of like, okay, let's take a breath. <laughs> they'll get there when they get there. <laughs> yeah, they'll get there when they get there. Like mm-hmm. test scores aren't everything and they're really important. How can we, you know, shift the focus of like their struggles to their successes? And, mm-hmm. you know, that that is where I always turn it around with the parents is that, you know, we always want to take whatever negative is going on and turn it into like a positive experience and a learning mm-hmm. experience. Um, okay, so let's go back to... Uh, your journey becoming a teacher Um, because it's such a tough thing to stop and leave your job at uh, something so successful I just want to highlight it again yeah Um, so what was the thing that made you think okay I can do this I um have to say my my parents my mom and dad um mm-hmm. every time I call my parents you know when I wasn't living at home and I would talk to my mom she'd be like when are you going back to school when are you going back to college like <laughs> when are you finishing your degree and um she didn't care what I did she just wanted me to go back to school and 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 get a, a bachelor's in, in something mm-hmm. um and I mean okay I wanted to be an art teacher at some point in time too but mm-hmm. I mean my parents did say like you know probably not the best career choice yeah, and, um, I, I do agree with them at that point, um, you know, that, you know, my career choice I have now is much a better option. But um, like every day, my mom, you know, to this day credits that like she goes, I made sure you went back to school because I asked you every time I talk to you, you know, where when are you going back? Like, where, what are you thinking of doing? What's your next step? And she, mm-hmm. my parents has always pushed me to to be thinking to the next step, thinking to the next level, like, what do I want to do next in my life has always kept me motivated um, to want better for myself. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important because like, there's, there's one level where you're satisfied with, you know, where you're at and you know what you're doing, but mm-hmm. you know, you should always have a passion to do that to the best of your ability. And, you know, in education, really it's continuing learning and continuing to put yourself out there and putting yourself in leadership roles and, and just kind mm-hmm. of wanting the next step. And so um, my parents have been super instrumental and um, you know, I have to say like my parents, they are not successful college graduates. Um, both mm-hmm. of them, um, you know, had um, struggles in life. And, you know, I am actually the first of my, you know, um, my parents didn't graduate from college. Um, they both went to school, um, but they weren't able to finish their degrees. And I think that that's what really drove them to continue to push me there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's inspirational to me is that they, you know, they wanted better for me and they made sure to do it in a like fun and loving way. Yeah. And that's so fundamental. Yeah. Um, what do you want your students to gain from you? I want them to, um, whether it's a lifelong lesson they've learned from me or it's a lesson for the day, like I want them to, you know, look back at our time together and feel that they were cared about and they were heard and they were motivated to do better. And, you know, um, you know, it's so important to have a personal connection with my students because, you know, at the age, I mean, I've taught from second grade all the way up to sixth grade, and mm-hmm. it's so instrumental for kids to feel loved and cared about. And so, you know, if, you know, they walk away from 
my classroom feeling loved and cared for and knowing that you know they are going to be a successful student because of that like mm -hmm. that's what I want them to walk away from because then then they're set up for success to be um, an integral change and to leave a legacy you know um, that's that's how we get kids to to, to be motivated to do better for themselves mm -hmm. to find a passion is that they have those fundamental things feeling cared and loved and, and heard and so that's what I want them to leave my room with because once you have those fundamental things then you can learn have you had any students come back and tell you that you've inspired them in this place or you've impacted them somewhere um, yes I actually have a pretty close um, tie with a couple of my students mm -hmm. and um, for my first class um, I have a student that you know I just actually saw her um, last summer and I hadn't seen her in quite a few years and she's just like you know Miss Tina you were my favorite teacher and like for me like here is I'm the favorite I'm like okay that's okay I can hear it <laughs> but like she was but like you really believed in me and you really mm -hmm. pushed me to be a better writer and I'm like that that moment was it mm -hmm. you know when I believed in her and um, you know she wasn't a very confident she wasn't confident in herself most of the time she second-guessed herself a lot and she was in mm -hmm. third grade and she was very um, she wanted everything to be perfect and she wanted everything to be you know to the best of her ability mm -hmm. and but she just was never confident enough that she was doing her best and so um, when you know I said that I believed in her and we submitted some of her writing to like a writing competition and it actually came back and one of her um, poems were accepted into this young author's book. Um, oh. She was like, you believed in me and you, you know, you helped me get that. And she you helped her like, making it possible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so, and that's what that moment, like that's what matters because I made a, ch a difference in that child's life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's very, it's for me, like teachers don't make a lot of money. And, you know, what's fulfilling in my life is not money. It's the passion that the kids have once they leave my classroom. Like, they are what fills my heart. Like, they are why I teach every day. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's, that's just very, very, very heartwarming to hear. And it's something that should be the core of, every job that person does. Um, we actually have a question for you from the audience. Someone is asking, oh, okay. how did you know what age you wanted to work with the most? Um, that's a great question. So um, I, I work with, you know, I tutor also, and I work with a large age group of kids. And mm -hmm. um, I, I do well with all age groups. Like even when I used to teach swimming lessons, I always worked with younger kids um, because of my personality. Like everybody was always like, you're so good with younger kids. I'm like, yes, I do. I am great with them. But I love working with like middle school age students because I think they, they need somebody that understands them. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that, middle school age students can be a little sassy and um, you know, they don't come without their, you know, jokes and their fun loving personalities. And I think that I'm really good with that. And mm -hmm. because I can understand them and respect them. And I think I can give them what they need from an adult perspective that I think that I, I make a better middle school teacher than let's just say a kindergarten teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, my best friend's a kindergarten teacher, and when I walk into her classroom, 
um, you couldn't find where she was because she was on the floor with the kids. And she was just <laughs> super into whatever they were doing. And she just had that passion, you mm -hmm. know, that that teachers need to work with that age group. And, and um, not that I don't have that passion, but, you know, you always find yourself connecting with a better age group of kids. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, it's definitely older kids. I think high school's too old. Um, so I like to kind of keep it in the middle school age spectrum. Middle school is the age where they're sort of trying to find their personalities, but they're not right. quite there yet. <laughs> right. They're like little adults. And yeah. So, like, it's so important to have a teacher that like appreciates that moment mm -hmm. of their life when, you know, they're, you know, trying to be an adult, but they're not an adult. And so, you know, that's why I just, I just love that part of their lives. Mm -hmm. so. um, in terms of certifications, uh, do you have to, you work in, you worked in Chicago at first, right? Um, actually, I worked in the suburbs at first. Okay. Um, did you have to, Re, like get recertified or what was the process like moving from state to state? So um, with certificate teaching certifications, there's three different certifications for like different mm -hmm. age groups. So you can be early childhood certified, which is like preschool to third grade. Um, mm -hmm. And then you can be elementary school certified. And then um, you can be um, six to 12, like sixth grade to 12th grade certified. Okay. And so each of those certifications are a different like program in school. Um, so that's kind of the first thing is that you kind of find your specialization. So you either your early childhood, you're an elementary, or you're like a sixth to twelfth grade teacher. Mm -hmm. um, then this is specifically for Illinois. We have our professional educators license. So I went to school in Illinois, so my certification is for Illinois. If I happen to move to Florida and want to transfer my certification there, I have to go through a process where I fill out paperwork and an application. Um, with my certification and my transcripts to try to work in another state and get mm -hmm. my license accepted in that other state. Um, some states, it transfers seamlessly, and some other states maybe require you to take a class or an additional test. So it, it varies from state to state. And, you know, if let's just say you know that you want to live in Arizona, Mm -hmm. And I recommend you go to school in Arizona, and that's where you get your teaching certification from. Um, Just makes because, the process easier. Yes, it makes the process mm -hmm. way easier. Exactly. Okay. Um, and another question for you from one of our audience members. They're asking about the, the role as a teacher. They're saying it may have a higher concentration amongst women. How important is it that boys and young men also explore it? How does it benefit kids? It's so important that the community and the population is represented in the teachers mm -hmm. um, because I feel that if, you know, there is a high concentration of female teachers in the field, um, there's also, I think, a, I really kind of feel sometimes a lack of diversity, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I even remember back to when I was in college, you know, you saw that the population was um, unevenly represented and, you know, sometimes students need that connection with somebody that, you know, a young male might connect better with a male teacher, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, their race and their cultural backgrounds and their religious backgrounds. Like, it's so important to, to try to get that diversity in the schools because, you know, students need to have good role models and mm -hmm. people to go to and a strong adults in their lives. And sometimes a strong adult in a child's life is a teacher. Um, you know, you never know what's going on, you know, behind the scenes in a child's home mm -hmm. life. 
And sometimes the only stability they have is that teacher, is that school, going to school every day. And um, by having men, you know, uh, an influx of men in the field, like that would be really helpful because, you know, they can reach out to a population that, let's just say, mm -hmm. um, boys might prefer that. So I think that it's super important. And, and I think that a difficulty, um, a constant struggle that's going to be in the field is, you know, increasing diversity. Yeah. Having more people of color, having people of different backgrounds and ages. Yep. And, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hopefully. Um, um, so before we come to the end of our show, what is the final piece of advice you want to give our listeners today? Um, I want you all to know that it's never too late to find a new path and to find a new passion. And um, education and teaching is where it was for me. And, you know, don't feel that you have to have all of the answers when you graduate high school. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, go to school, you know, find a trade skill, find a two-year degree, you know, find something that you continuously educate yourself, um, but don't feel that, you know, you, it's ever too late to make a change. Thank you so much, Tina, for inspiring us to go back to school and <laughs> do what we love. <laughs> um, it was lovely talking to you today, and I'm sure the audience really enjoyed your story. Yes, well, thank you for um, inviting me in. I really appreciate it. So it's been fun. The spring session for the Emoja Academy in New York, New Jersey, and Chicago are just around the corner. Just visit our website on emojaoutreach.org slash academy for further information. We hold this talk show weekly, so if you would like to come on and tell us your story, just reach out to us. Um, and be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. for another panel of speakers and more stories. Thank you for listening to us today on Facebook Live.